0: But before we get there, I want to look just a couple of things in John, John chapter 15. <clears throat> the reason why we are left on this earth, the reason why we're alive right now is not for nothing. We are here for a reason. And um, God tells us here in John and then over in Romans why we are here. And that's what we are going to the Ivory Coast 4 to tell the Ivorians that, that they're not there for nothing. But we're not here for nothing either. There's a reason why we're here. In John 15, just want to look at a couple of verses. John 15 verse 4. Um, we, here in John, John um, Jesus is talking and he's talking it, it was right um, after the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. It was after the Last Supper that he ate with the disciples. It was the evening before his death. Judas had just left, and he was talking to the other disciples. He told them again. He told them to love each other in chapter 13. He told them not to be troubled in chapter 14. He told them to keep his commandments also in 14, that he was, that he was leaving, that he was going to die, which they still didn't understand. And he told them that he was going to send the Comforter, which we know and that, which he explained was the Holy Spirit. And then right before he left the room of the Last Supper, here in verse, in chapter 15, he shared something again with his disciples. He told them clearly that he was going away and what, what they were supposed to do, what we are supposed to do. In verse 4, he tells them again, he says, Abide in me, and I in you. Um, he told them that they were going to be troubled, but he told them, and he to- tells us to abide in him. And he told us. He told them to abide in him for a reason. He didn't just say to abide for nothing, but he explained um, throughout the passage, he mentions the idea of abiding in Christ 12 times, um, and he mentions why we are supposed to abide in him. And for an Ivorian, who his, his um, whole life has been based upon superstition and his, the, the culture, the the background, the um, way of life of his parents and his grandparents it's a big change for the Jew that, that Jesus was talking to here the Jews that he was talking to it was a big change it was a, diff- it was a a radical change of lifestyle he says to abide in him abide means what if you have somebody that comes and abides with you that means they are not just gonna spend the night that means they're gonna stay for a while Um, to abide means to remain to stay to continue to live to dwell and so he says abide in me he says and it's interesting he says abide in me right right after he told them he was going to go away Jesus said I'm going to leave you but I'm going to send a comforter he said I'm going to leave you I'm going to die I'm going to I'm going to suffer I'm going to die I'm going to rise from the dead but abide in me And so it was a little bit confusing for the disciples. Sometimes it might be a little confusing to us. But he told them why we are to abide in him. In verse 8 he says, Herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. He said to his disciples, You're my disciple for a reason. If you abide in me, the reason is for you to bear fruit. And not just to bear fruit, but he says in verse 8 to bear much fruit. Um, In verse 4 he says... We cannot bear fruit. We just read the verse. A branch cannot bear fruit of itself itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. In verse 8 that we looked at, we are to bear much fruit. But we can't bear much fruit if we don't abide in Christ. He says that very clearly. We cannot bear much fruit if we don't abide in him. And in verse 5, He says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. The idea there is not you will maybe bring forth much fruit. The idea very clearly is you will bring forth much fruit. So we are commanded to abide in him, in Christ, and we are commanded to bring forth much fruit. But the two are completely linked. We can't bring forth fruit if we don't abide in him. Um, for the African, that's a big thing, as I was mentioning a little bit in the Sunday School Hour. Um, they have their superstitions, they have their customs and things they've been used to for decades, for centuries, and to accept Christ means to give up a lot of this. And yet, to abide in Christ and to do what he commands, to bear much fruit, means to change, means to abide in and to rest in him now instead of what we were, what we were before. Um, in verse 16 of chapter 15, John 15:16, 15, Jesus said to his disciples, he says to us, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. So he, he, he commanded his disciples and he encouraged his disciples and he encourages us that we're to abide in him. And the reason we're to abide in him is so that we can bring forth fruit because we are to bring forth fruit. Our life is to bring forth fruit. Now, if I ask you, is your life bearing fruits? You might say, well, I think so, or yes, it is, or no, it's not. But all of our lives are bearing fruit. We don't have the choice whether we bear fruit. The the question is, what kind of fruit are we bearing? Because we will bring forth fruits. We were saved. Jesus Christ died on the cross. We accepted him, if we have accepted Christ so that we can abide in him and so that we can bring forth fruit because that is what we are called to do. We are called to bring forth fruit and not just much fruit, but we're, we're called to bring forth fruit that is going to last, that is going to stick around, that is going to be, be here. In our, in our uh, yard in Africa, we have quite a few fruit trees. We have mango and avocado and we had a, a um, um, grapefruit we have um, noni. We have, I mean, there's all kinds of fruit. But what is, what, it, why do we have fruits? What are the characteristics of fruit? Um, first of all, we see that if, you, if I were to show you an orange, and I ask you what tree this came from, what would you say? An orange tree. So a fruit identifies the tree that it comes from. That's one characteristic of a piece of fruit. If I were to show you an apple, you would not say that it came from an orange tree. You would say it came from an apple tree. Um, as I said in the Sunday school time, the Muslims are very quick, and they are, they're wanting to identify as a Muslim. They want everybody to know that they're a Muslim. But as we come back to the States, I see a lot of Christians that don't want to be identified with the tree that they supposedly came from. If you are a Christian, everybody should know that you are what? A Christian. If you are a Christian by your, the way you talk, by the way you dress, by what you do, everybody should know what? You are a Christian. Um, because that is what we are supposed to do. That is the, one of the characteristics of a piece of fruit is that it identifies what, the tree that it came from. Another um, thing that a fruit identifies with is um, a, a, a fruit. I mean, what, what do you buy an orange for? What do you buy an apple for? To eat. So your appetite can be satisfied, so that it can help your, so it can nourish your body god is satisfied and glorified when we produce fruit and that is why he why jesus christ commands us and what is the major purpose of uh, from the fruit standpoint what is the major purpose of of a piece of fruit it's for the seed that is inside inside it so that it can produce more fruit and so what is the fruit, when he says that he has chosen you that you should bring forth fruit that should remain, what is the fruit that's going to remain? The only fruit that's going to remain is something that, that we do for God that will last into eternity. Um, what we do here on this earth, the money that we gather, the houses that we have, the nice life that we live on this earth is going to be forgotten after we die. But what we do for Christ, the what we do for him for for ser- in serving him the the people that we influence that accept Christ because of our testimony that's going to last for eternity so jesus said that we are to he's chosen us he's ordained us to go and bring forth fruit that should remain so if we are to abide in him and if we are chosen to Go out and bring forth fruit. How? What does? That, how does that affect us today? Um, in in John, we read. I mean, in uh, Romans six, we read a passage. Um, we we know that we can bear. For we can bear. All of our lives are are cho- We are chosen if we have accepted Christ. We're chosen and ordained by God to bear fruit that will last. But. There is other fruit that we can also bear. In Romans 6.21 that we just read, well, we didn't read up to 6.21, but uh, 6.21 says, Paul says, What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Before we were saved, what fruit could we bear that was going to have any eternal value? We couldn't, there wasn't any. Because the end of the, the fruit that we could bear before we accepted Christ was what? Death. There was no eternal end to it. There was nothing. Um, why? Because, and we, read, it, we de- read that in the verses, because um, the, the fruit of the old life results in death because the life in our old life, we were, we were controlled by what? By sin. Um, and so he says here in in verse 14, the last verse that we read, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. So now that we've accepted Christ, and this is what we try to tell our believers, this is important for all of us, now that we've accepted Christ, we are to abide in Christ, we're supposed to bear fruit, we're supposed to bear fruit that will last, but if sin is still having dominion over us, are we going to bear that fruit? We are not. And so um, Paul says clearly here, um, the fruit of the old life, is a life, is, is a, the result is death. There is no fruit, there is no eternal fruit. And so we cannot have, the sin nature cannot, no, um, can no, no longer have dominion over us. Um, it's interesting to me that in verse 14 it says, For sin shall not have dominion over us, over you. That is a, that is a promise. It's not just a, a it's not just a, an encouragement, but it's a promise. We know that as believers, how many of us struggle with sin every day? We all do. But sin one day will not have dominion over us. But even right now, sin does not have to have dominion over us. We know that when we leave this life, when we leave the body that is controlled by sin, that sin is not going to have dominion over us if we've accepted Christ. But we also know that sin should not and does not have to have dominion over us right now. In verse 4 of chapter 6, the Bible says, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, That is like, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. So there was the walk of sin in the past, and there is now the new walk. We're not supposed to walk in the old walk, which was controlled by sin, but we're supposed to walk in in victory over the sin, in newness of life. So um, the Bible says um, here in what he, in what Paul shared with us, he said we are dead to sin. Again, um, verse 2, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin? He didn't say we will be dead to sin. He says we are dead to sin. Well, how are we dead to sin? He explains it in the verses we read. We're dead to sin because of what Jesus Christ did for us. He He took our sin upon him when he died on the cross. And now we do not have to be controlled by sin. Now we are not um, the servants of sin, but we can have victory over that. And the first thing, like I said, that we already looked at is we are not to walk in sin. The second thing we are not supposed to do in verse 6, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Walking in sin is the idea of a continuous something continuous and we are not to be continually um walking in sin but we're not even supposed to serve sin that means what that means um when when we are tempted and who of us is not tempted we don't have to serve sin anymore we were servants of sin because of what christ did now we we are servants of righteousness we do not have to sin anymore um we don't have to and we are not to serve sin. In, ver- in verse 12, let not sin therefore reign your body, in your mortal body that, we, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. So we don't have to obey sin anymore. We are not to obey sin. Here in the United States, I mean it's, a, it's, a, it's all over the world, but here in the United States, sin is in your face nonstop. The temptation to sin is in your face nonstop. Those who want to sin and get away with it is in your face nonstop. The Bible says we're not supposed to obey it. We are not to obey sin. He goes on to say in verse 13, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. You're not to yield to sin. Um, And we have the choice now because who lives within us? The Holy Spirit. We don't have to yield to sin. Verse 22, Romans 6, 22 says... But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. We, were talking, we started out talking about fruit. We jumped over to the fruit of the old life is death. But here at the end of on Romans 6, he said the fruit of becoming servants of God is holiness and everlasting life. And so... When I put these two together, I see that we are commanded very clearly to abide in Him for the purpose of bearing fruit. For the be- purpose of not just bearing fruit, but bearing much fruit, and bearing fruit that will remain. Um, when, I, when we come back to the States, we see so much. Um, there's a lot of emptiness, even in a lot of churches. We go, we, we go through the motions. We do what we're supposed to do. We come to church. We sing the songs. But a lot of us don't have the goal of producing fruit, producing fruit for Christ. And that should be our goal. That's what Jesus, that was the last, one of the last things that Jesus told his disciples and us before he died. Why was it one of the last things? Because it was very important to him. Um, is it important to have a job and make money so you can live? Yes, it is important. But what's more important than that? To have a job and make money so you can live? Bear fruit that will that will last for eternity, because that's what Jesus said. You won't find very many places. There are places where where the Bible says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. You should work. But Jesus Himself said the goal was abiding in Him and bearing fruit for Him that will remain. And again, we can't bear fruit for Him that will remain, and we can't abide in Him if we are still the servants of sin. If we're still walking in sin, or serving sin, or obeying sin, or yielding ourselves to sin. Um, our, our goal as, we're, as we work with the Ivorians, is to teach them, the, the Ivorians, as I said a little bit in the morning service, the country is very open to the gospel. People are very ready to listen to the Muslims. It's not like the Muslims up in the northern part of Africa where they are very fanatical the uh, the, uh, the the Muslims in the Ivory Coast will sit down and talk with you. They are very open. They're very friendly. But to and, and and to to help somebody understand their need of salvation, to help them understand that now they can have a relationship directly with Christ, with God through Christ, just by accepting what Jesus Christ did for them. They can understand that pretty easily, and people get saved relatively easily. But getting them to realize that they have to leave their old life. That they can't bear fruit if they're trying to hang on to their old life. That they can't bear fruit if they are serving sin at the same time. That they can't bear fruit if they're not abiding in Christ. That's what takes time. Because the old customs and the old way of life is hard to get rid of. But I'm realizing more and more that that's not just a problem with the Africans. That's a problem here in America too. Our old way of life is not maybe the same thing. Most of us, um, before we got saved, probably didn't make sacrifices in our yard or, or sacrifice chickens or have idols. But we still have idols and we still have sacrifices that we make. And we still have our old way of life. We can't bear fruit and bear much fruit that will remain if we're not abiding in Him. We can't abide in Him if we are not, if we have not really become the servants of God. If we are not really willing to not walk in sin anymore, not serve sin, not obey sin, and not yield to sin. And what is sin? Sin is anything against the holiness of God. It, for, for each of us, it's probably, we probably have something different that we struggle with. But, you know, as we see COVID that hit, everything changed in the last year and a half, two years. Everything has changed around the world. Um, by next year, it might be totally different again. We don't know what's happening. We don't know what, I should say, we don't know what the, the future will, hold, will bring to us. We don't know if we're going to be here. We don't know if Jesus Christ is coming back today. We don't know how much longer we're going to be here. We don't know how <clears throat> long we're going to have freedom to worship like this even here in America. We don't know what's, what's in the future. But we do know that right now, we can serve him. We do know that right now, we have, we have freedom. We do know that right now, we can... Produce fruit that will reach to ever, uh, forever, a fruit everlasting fruit, if we abide in Him and if we um, are dead to the sin that so easily comes into the, into our the, our lives. I have problem with sin, Mo- all of us do, and that problem with sin keeps us from abiding in Christ as we should, and that problem with sin keeps us from producing fruit like we should. Um, for myself i want to produce fruit you know it's pretty easy to start something but it's kind of difficult to remain faithful all the way to the end and i want to be faithful to the end and i want you guys to too i want jesus christ to hear jesus christ one day say well done to me and i would hope that that's all of our desires but that's not going to be if we are serving sin here on this earth if we continue in sin we are not abiding in Christ and if we are not abiding in Christ we cannot bear fruit and that is why we are here to bear much fruit that will last forever. So my challenge to you is or my question to you is is are you bearing fruit? Are you abiding in him? I didn't say are you saved but are you abiding in him? And are you serving sin? And again, it doesn't, this is not a question of salvation. This is a question of who are you serving? Um, for most of us, Naturally, and when I say naturally, I mean, um, it's easy and what we naturally serve is ourselves. We want what will produce and what will give us the most pleasure and the most joy and the most satisfaction. But we don't even understand what that is. And that that joy and that satisfaction will come when we're serving Him. We can't serve Him if we're not, a, if we're not abiding in Him. We can't abide in Him if we are also serving sin at the same time. So... My question for you is, are you serving sin? Am I serving sin? Or are we really serving Christ, abiding in Him, and producing fruits unto righteousness? That is our goal as we, as we start churches out there. That is our goal for our believers. That's our goal for ourselves personally, for our family personally. But that is our desire also, I'm adding French, that's our desire also for each of you. We come back to the States, and we see many of you, and we are really glad to see you again. But we never know when we come back if the friends that we had are still going to be serving God. We never know when we go back to the Ivory Coast if the people we left in church are still going to be there, if they're still going to be serving God, or if they were just doing it because of us. Let's serve God. Let's abide in him. Let's not serve sin. Let's hear it together, hear Christ say one day to us, well done. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Dear only Father, thank you for your word. Um, Your word is simple. We know that salvation is simple too. It's complicated and yet it's simple. We know that Jesus Christ came to this earth. Um, You sent him and he agreed to come. He came, he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for our sins. He paid for our sins and he rose again. He is in heaven now. He sent the comforter, the Holy Spirit, who initially convicted us, helped us to understand our need of Jesus Christ. And then when we accepted Christ, your Holy Spirit came inside us and lives within us and helps us. And we know that your desire, you stated it very clearly when your son was here on this earth, when you were here as Jesus Christ, you stated it very clearly to us that your desire is that we abide in you and that we produce much fruit that will remain. Help us to do that. Help us to produce that fruit. Help us to live our lives with the idea and with the goal for producing fruit it's so easy to have our own goals each day it's so easy to think about ourselves each day Um, but i pray that with your holy spirit who lives inside us you will help us help us not to serve sin help us not to be controlled by sin help us not to walk in sin help us not to um, yield to sin but help us to serve you and do what you want us to do thank you for the power that we have that it is possible for us to obey you, for it is, that it is possible for us to abide in you, in Christ, that it is possible for us to produce much fruit, not because of us, not because of who we are, not because of what we are, but because of your Holy Spirit that lives within us. Thank you for this church. Thank you for those who are here. Thank you for the work that's going on here. I pray that you will encourage and help each one who is here to remain faithful, to abide in your Son, Jesus Christ and to produce fruit here in this area, here in this um, section of this northern suburb of Detroit, here in Michigan, here in the United States, wherever we are, help us to produce fruit that will remain. Help us to be able to hear one day well done because of what we have done, because of our obedience to you. Thank you for the power that is possible. Thank you that that is um, a reality that you've, you've You have commanded us to do that, so it is possible, and help us to be be obedient to that. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.